This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7. It's that time of week where we talk travel. I'm Jane Klein. Sally Lucas joining us again. Hello, Sally. Hello, Jane. And travel's always such a nice thing to think about. It is. And we, I thought I'd start today, and we have mentioned this before about travel insurance, but why um, we in the travel industry feel that it is essential for travellers, especially when they go overseas, you know, to take out um, travel insurance. Obviously, within Australia, you know, we've got the wonderful blanket of Medicare so that if something goes wrong, you know, you're not having to worry. But once you leave the country, it's a different story. And I think what a lot of people don't realise, we may think our medical costs here are expensive, but overseas they are much, much higher in most countries. So what I'm just quoting here, it's actually part of an interview that was taken with a specialist travel lawyer, um, and that his specialty is actually just travel law involving travel. So he he really knows what he's talking about, I think. So if I can just quote a few things, but why we say you should take out travel insurance is, as I said, because of the very, very high medical costs. Now, it sounds awful, but there are over 600 deaths annually overseas where people might die overseas. With travellers. Yes. Mm. um, Over 700 hospitalisations, um, 100 evacuations of Australians to another location for a medical reason forgetting what happens when there's a tragedy and we have to airlift people out, but often that is covered by the government, of course, when that's maybe a terrorist thing. But And then, well, of course, if it is terrorism, just remember travel insurance doesn't cover that anyway because since, you know, not, when, you know the no, trade, Royal Towers yes, mm-hmm. went down, they, that all changed in travel insurance. But just to quote a couple of um, cases here, um, this is involving um, a young man who was working in a U.S. ski resort for four months and then he took time off to travel around the U.S., He let his 12-month travel insurance policy expire just a few days before he was due to come home, only to be hit by a car while crossing the road, and he suffered serious head injuries. He was a Yes, really bad luck. He was admitted unconscious to intensive care, and he required highly intensive, sophisticated care until he could be flown back to Australia. He was returned on a stretcher, still unconscious, so he was really seriously injured. Now, the cost of the family for his medical evacuation alone was $80,000. They have had to take out a second mortgage on their house to raise the funds, and if the travel insurance hadn't expired, of course, it would have covered that cost. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, a case, worst case scenario, if you like. Another one, which tells you a good case scenario, is that um, it was about an Australian surfer who also went to the States for a surfing competition. And though he was an experienced surfer, apparently he chose the wrong wave during a practice session. He was dumped on a reef sustained serious injuries, um, was flown to a local hospital and immediately underwent two major operations. The hospital bill alone was Australian $290,000. Fortunately, the young man's parents had insisted he take out travel insurance before he leave Australia. And of course, everything was covered and they were able to focus on him getting well. So, and it's quite often is the young people who think nothing can happen to me that often don't take out insurance or they think costs. But in the whole scheme of things, when you're spending thousands of dollars on an overseas trip, it's a very minimal additional cost to pay to have that peace of mind. I mean, we all hope nothing goes wrong to us when we're away. Mm, you know? Absolutely. That's right. And I mean, things even as simple as theft and so on, you know, a lot of these policies may have an excess, but with most policies now, you can actually pay a very small additional amount of, say, $15 to avoid paying any excesses. So that means you just clear conscious pay that extra small amount and it doesn't matter what you claim for so long as it's, you know, 
it's legal and you've got all your right documentation to prove it. Just remember, though, to be honest when you're filling out travel insurance because if people have pre-existing medical conditions, they should be mentioned and you will find that the insurer will um, look at your case. You have to send off a medical form uh, signed by your doctor, etc., and they will decide whether you are too bad a risk or a risk that they are willing to accept. Sometimes there will be a surcharge in certain cases. Lots of things are covered now, like simple things like hypertension and, you know, diabetes if you're on control medication because so many people have it now so they realise there are some things that they do cover you for anyway but you still should disclose no matter what um, anyway the, what I'll th- I'd mention as well you can go onto a couple of websites if you're not sure about this um, and a lot of people too by the way often take out um, insurance because it's free when they're paying by credit card always insist on a copy of seeing that policy because they offer it for free but you don't know what it covers and you don't know what exclusions there are or what the excesses are so always ask for a copy of that policy um, but there are two little websites I mean the obviously one is the www.smarttraveller.gov.au which you can always look up for all your warnings etc and then just do slash travel dash insurance dash ios dot pdf and that's one there. And But you can also go, and there's a brochure apparently out now called the Start Holiday Brochure, which gives a guide to travel insurance, and that's put out and published by the Insurance Ob- Ombudsman Service. So that's something else you can obtain as well if you wanted to just be clarified on what you are or are not covered for overseas. There are some countries where you get some limited medical cover, but you would need to research that on those websites as well. I think, for example, in England you may get some partial cover in New Zealand, but it's still not full cover and doesn't cover for everything. So would you say that health is the main reason, medical reasons, are the main reasons for taking out travel insurance? Mainly. Accidents, well, accidents, of course, but ill health, like, you know, people do have heart attacks when they're away or, you know, things do go wrong. And even something as simple as dental. Uh, I know a lady that had to end up having root canal therapy and the costs overseas were extortionate for that. So when you look at your policy now, sometimes not all policies cover dental, so select one that does because, again, nothing would be worse, would it, than having something go wrong with your teeth. It's the most pain, one of the most pain, neuralgia or anything like this, extremely uncomfortable and painful. So just check your wording, check your policies, check with your agent, make sure you read carefully, but just don't go without it. Travel is the subject on 2NURFM 103.7. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King and Sally Lucas. We're off for a little bit of spoiling, a little bit of luxury. I think we all need a little bit of spoiling from time to time, Jane. And at the moment, Australia, as we said before, is is a fantastic place to to travel within because we don't have to worry about the dollar, which is great. So why not spend up? on Australia instead of wasting exchange rates to go somewhere else and afford a little bit of luxury. And where shall we find it? Well, it's on Hamilton Island. Now, Hamilton Island probably doesn't conjure up luxury to a lot of people because it's got, you know, condominiums and high-rise and, you know, it's, it's... Nice accommodation, don't get me wrong, but we don't think of it as that luxury resort and spa type resort. But it is becoming that now, as a matter of fact. And they've got a new part on the island that's been developed and the resort's called Qualia. And it's a word of Latin origin meaning a collection of sensory experiences. That sounds appropriate. Yeah. (laughs) It only opened in October last year. And the owner, Bob Oatley, who used to own Rosemount and sold that off for about, you know, a lot. A lot of money uh, to South Corp, I think it was, yes. And so he has now um, sunk millions of dollars, over $200 million apparently, into this 
property. So you're going to an absolute luxury resort. And, of course, Hamilton Island is easy to get to. You've got flights, of course, um, via Brisbane from um, Virgin Blue go via Brisbane, not direct, or sit from Sydney, it's direct on Jetstar, of course. And once you're there, um, you go to this wonderful accommodation. It's got a range of accommodation called this. has got the Beach House, Windward Pavilions, the Leeward Pavilions, etc., um, all the pavilions sleep only two people. Um, there's a two-night minimum for bookings and no one under 18 is allowed. Oh, so, I like the sound of a pavilion. I know. Doesn't that sound nice? The tariff includes breakfast, lunch and dinner at the resort and also at other Hamilton Island restaurants outside the resort. So you've got flexibility in dining. Includes all non-alcoholic drinks, um, non-motorised water sports and use of a private electric buggy. Because Hamilton Island is a big island and if you want to go up, there's an animal reserve at the top and there's George Harrison's homes there and various wealthy people have private homes on Hamilton Island. So you can get around quite easily with the use of the electric golf buggy. Um, and then in the provisions of the water sport pavilion, that covers kayaks, snorkelling gear, catamarans and they even will arrange to drop you off at a secluded beach with provisions and a radio so you can just call in when you're ready to come back. <laughs> That's ideal. I just think it sounds absolutely amazing. Um, and usually they have about two degustation dinners a week. And, you know, you, it just sounds to me a lot of pampering, beautiful place to go. And that whole barrier reef, I mean, all this accommodation is looking out, you know, over the water the way they've been positioned. You have got a beautiful, your own dedicated pool. So you're a resort within a resort. And you've got all the usual spa treatments and pamperings that you would get. So just sort of people want to go somewhere really special, that would be a nice one to consider. Having just been to a spa resort myself up at near Byron Bay, which was Olivia Newton-John's Gaia, which again is a lovely place to go if you're wanting to go into the hinterland and not go as far as the Barrier Reef. And you don't have to get seasick getting there. <laughs> no, exactly. And honestly, the fares to Hamilton Island these days, if you get in early enough, you know, they're really reasonably priced um, so you can afford the luxury whereas once upon a time airfares to places like Hamilton Island and the far-flung areas like you know Cairns Darwin were a lot more expensive than they are today so we're winning on that hand so that's why we can spoil ourselves on the other. Now have you got a spot of luxury for us overseas as well? Well what I thought I might mention um it's a while ago since we've mentioned this, but there is a, um, a cruise vessel called Pandor, Panda with a W on the end, <laughs> and they do wonderful cruises um, from Saigon in Vietnam through into Cambodia, and there's seven- and ten-night cruises. These are all purpose-built from teak, but they're to replicate an old-fashioned vessel. So they're all very elegant with beautiful staterooms. They've only got about 30 staterooms on each vessel. They're now building, or constructing, I should say is the correct word, a 30-stateroom um, extra vessel called the Indochina Pandor. And it'll be completed January next year. And it's uh, just a newer boutique version of the of the larger Pandors that, that travel up the longer route. And it's going to be doing little two-night cruises between Saigon and Phnom Penh for those that don't have, you know, the week or the 10 days. And I thought it's nice just to stop travelling amongst busy traffic and roads to just get off and, and do waterways. And waterways are a wonderful way, as we've explained before, of seeing village life, which is what you do when you're travelling on the Mekong. You really do see people living typical village life. So that's a nice thing to consider. Our main deck cabins on that will start from about US 1200 for two people, and that's um, including all meals, drinks and excursions for, for the two days. So that's just another little bit of luxury to include in maybe a Vietnam and Cambodian itinerary. And we'll be back talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM 103.7.